Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Tina Horn, and you're listening to episode 16 of why are people into that? I just gave a guest lecture at the New School here in NYC for T.L. Cohen's art criticism class. Usually when I teach, which I'm also doing next week, October 23rd at the Armory. And by the way, if you're in the Bay Area, there are still tickets available and a link on the whyarepeopleintothat.com blog. Anyway, I usually I teach um, about kink and sex work, so it was really eye-opening to be asked by TL to teach about how the sausage is made when it comes to podcasting, building a brand, and, and how to make it as a freelancer. I got to talk to a lot of young people, which I know makes me sound like an old queen, but they are like 10 years younger than me, um, about, uh, so I got to talk to a lot of those young people about uh, what their their podcast would be and, and to have great conversations about structure and tone and engineering and creativity. I hope I can give more talks like that again and again. You can read more about the workshops that I offer at the brand new tinahorn.net designed by my man, Justin Lebeck. Speaking of talking, my guest this week is journalist Anna Breslaw. And I'll tell you, when we got to chatting about porn, we ended up rambling around in all sorts of uncharted territory, which was appropriately for the subject, I think, all kinds of masturbatory, which I obviously mean in a good way. Anna is the sex and relationships editor of Cosmopolitan Magazine, and she is a ribald, hilarious force for good inside those walls. She wanted to talk about porn, and for reasons I don't think I should have to explain, we ended up speculating about David Duchovny's oral sex skills for, I'll I'll be honest, it, it feels like most of this episode. So, log in to your favorite hardcore subscription site because you do pay for your porn, don't you? And grab your lube or your G-spot dildo or your vibrating sleeve and enjoy Why Are People Into Porn? Anna Breslau. Hi, Tina Horn. <laughs> um, thanks for coming over. Of course. Um, so Anna Breslau um, is a writer and journalist. Um, I was just saying that I first um, became familiar with your work when you wrote about my good friend Lorelai Lee and Matrice Madeline, who are sex workers who work at kink.com. And uh, I remember, you know, it came up in my Twitter feed, a uh, Cosmo article about 
you know, the divine bitches, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be rich. And then I read it, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is, this is brilliant. You know, it was, it was, um, uh, you know, it was, it was a great article, and it also was uh, an example of writing about sex work, writing about kink, really even just writing about women's sexuality in a, you know, behemoth women's magazine um, that, uh, you know, I really enjoyed reading, which is just a rare experience for me. Um, and, uh, and then after the, you know, and then I stalked you a little bit and like read some of your other um, stuff you've written for uh, the New York Times and the New Yorker and the New Republic, I guess maybe like anything with the word new in the title is like <laughs> a new in your jurisdiction. Um, but yeah, uh, your writing is funny and progressive and, um, uh, and, and so, and now you're, you're an editor at Cosmo, yes. correct? Yeah. So how did, um, somebody like you end up at a place like Cosmopolitan Magazine? That's a really good question. Um, I, honestly, I just fell into it. There are a lot, it's, it's, there are a lot of, like, interns or assistants who are very, like, this is where I've always, you know, like, I get a lot of emails also that are, like, you know, girls who are just super, like, this is specific about, like, I want to work at Cosmo or I want to work in, in women's magazines. And I just didn't, that's not the trajectory that I had. Mm -hmm. I, it was, like, I knew I wanted to write for a living. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't even necessarily know what my specialty was going to be or what, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, and then... The New York Times thing that you read, I like submitted that blindly. Mm -hmm. um, it was a modern love column. It was right? a modern love column. Yeah. Yes, uh, I was twenty three, and it got picked because you know I was just because got, it was good. It was really it was great. good, and I got lucky. And <laughs> so then from that, I sort of started getting like a lot of sex and relationships assignments, which like you know I was at a job that I hated, and then like you know when you hate a job. But you're, like, that age, and you're, like, I'm not going to get anything better, so I'm just sure. going to, like, be depressed here because it's easier to, like, be de to feel horrible all or the time. Or you feel, I mean, I I know at that age I was, like, well, it's very important that I have this one job on my resume for over, <laughs> over a year, so it doesn't matter if I'm, you know, drinking myself into oblivion every night because right. I hate my job so much uh, because this is what it means to be a responsible grown-up. Right, right. It's, yeah. It was that, and it was also like you know, it was my first job out of out of college, and then it was all it was like a startup, and then it was one of those places where people like try to sell you a bill of goods every day. <laughs> They're like, "This is going to be the next like." It's like we're doing what Gawker did, like you know. It's like all this just sort of like lies or like things they maybe truly believed, but tell you themselves know. to sleep at night, yeah. right? Of yeah. course. So it's just they basically like hired a lot of kids who had just graduated mm. from like New York area schools, and were like. We're gonna, we're gonna start a show. <laughs> like very like, it's <laughs> ridiculous. It's like we were in a building with like no, we like we're I'm pretty sure we were squatting in an office. It was like freezing cold. <laughs> it was a, it was ridiculous. Point being, it was ridiculous, and I stayed there for way longer than I had to. Mm. They had to fire me to get me out, even though I could have left at any. T I really could have left at that point. Freelance, I could have. Yeah, it's yeah. just you just don't. Well, that's you, great. That's what you, you know? want. You want to get fired so you can be indignant about it. Right. <laughs> I, I, I remember I went out and I got really, really wasted. And then my friend came to, like, bring me home. And I, I like, I threw up in, like, a, like, a, one of those, like, 
trees with the with the things, the square. Sure, like a like a planter. <laughs> yes, like, like a planter. Like and a beauti- then I, beautification of the city. And then I looked up at her and I said, "Why do bad things happen to good people?" <laughs> you were talking about the tree, of course. I was obviously. Why do talking, bad things happen was, to good trees? I, I, you know, I you know, there probably actually was good for the tree with the nutrients of the. I don't, you know, of the of the whiskey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a drunk tree. For yes, the next, for the next couple hours. And then it started. It started sprouting little beer bottles. And, God, and that was a miracle. That would be so dangerous. And then you became the everyone. emperor of New York. I was just thinking today that, like, how what things would be different if you were allowed to just like drink on the street, like walking from place to place, like well, just as a normal New Yorker. Like, I mean, it would. Yeah, it would be like Europe. It would. Right. I know. Sometimes so what I would s- be what would be different? Uh, I don't know. The food would be either richer or blander, right. depending on where you are in Europe. That's true. Every time I see like I d- do, you go to the West Village a fair amount. Oh or? yeah. Yeah. So it's like, have you ever seen that thing where like two couples who are really really like attractive and maybe in their late thirties like have dinner outside? Yes. And it's, like, not... It's just, like, on the street in front of their apartment. And it's just, like, oh, yeah. white... Like, red wine and, like, pasta. And you're, like... Sure. You're, you feel like you're looking at Europe and you're, like, also, like, I'll never be there in my life. <laughs> I'm never gonna get there. Well, you know, when I... Uh, I lived in Europe... Uh, oh, God. Um, ten years ago. And, um... And, yeah, you really could... It was actually nice. I mean, I was also uh, young. So I was very invested in drinking constantly. So, um, it was perfect for that. Um, and, uh, but it was also just the cultural norm. It was like, you would, uh, you know, if you were cheap, which I was, or broke, um, (laughs) which I was, um, you know, you could, you know, stop in at the, you know, equivalent of the bodega, the shop, (laughs) you could stop at the shop um, and get, you know, a, a, a bottle of whatever mm-hmm. and walk down the street or, ca- or catch the, catch the train or catch the bus and, and drink. And then by the time you got to where you're going, you were in your cups and you didn't have to spend money on the overpriced, um, mm-hmm. drinks, especially since yeah. they, my God, know, that would just change the pre-gaming situation You know, it here. was nice, but you know, the other thing about it was that, so, so I lived in England and the, um, uh, bars actually had to close at 11 and you had to get a special, I'm not sure if it's still like this, um, but the bars had to have a special license to be open, to sell alcohol past 11 p.m. Really? Yeah. And so partially because of the, you know, English, European uh, culture of uh, getting uh, shit-faced, just as a matter of course, Um, uh, but then combined with that, people would get paralytic as they as they called it then um uh, by 11 but then they would go to the places that had the special licenses and charged way more for the drinks oh, and then they wouldn't yeah. care because they were so drunk and they would right, be like right, right. sure you yeah, know 12 dollars yeah. for a bottle of stella or right. whatever um yeah so yeah. but anyway but it was nice to to uh, you know so that was the culture of binge drinking, but also just being able to, like, stop in a square and, like, have a bottle of wine and... Yeah, that sounds lovely, honestly. Yeah, it was nice. It would probably... I almost think making it more accessible would be helpful for people who tend to drink a fair amount. Yeah. Or, like, tend to drink a lot. Well, that's always the the idea with legislating, you know... Right. 
pleasure or fun is that it's like, well, we have to control people and we have to tell them what their limits are right. instead of teaching them common sense. Right, right, uh, right, right. Yeah. So I, yeah, I believe that if, you know, people were allowed to drink on the street, then there would be more people who would use common sense and not be complete assholes about drinking well, on honestly, the street. Well, honestly, I think people would be assholes for a while. I think like now, mm. if we instituted this like tomorrow, right, it would right. be like pandemonium for like, how long? Maybe like a month. Sure. And then people would sort of start like getting over the novelty of it. Right, right, right. But I think there would definitely be a like, I'd be drunk going to work, like period, (laughs) for sure. I'd be like, yeah, like if you can, you wouldn't let, that's like the whole tailgating thing. It's like, I'd get drunk during the day. Yeah. It's like, you just take, you just take that. But then they would have to like, kind of, they would have designate spaces for naps, I feel like. Right. And also, then also like you're drunk at like, at like four and you're like, what it? What is happening? Yeah. I'm doing, I'm, this article's great. And then the next day you're like, no. Oh, see, that's like my Adderall trajectory. I see. I see. Yeah. Well, I have no idea why we started talking about this, but. Uh, I don't know either. Uh, it's because of this, this maple whiskey. Oh yeah. S. Bear Bergman. Thanks, it's Bear. It's really good. I I'm bet- the, I'm clearly the only person who's ever come to your apartment who thinks it's good. Uh, I've had a little bit of it. Yeah, but it's just, it's so sweet. I don't even like whiskey. See, this is why I like it, probably. Well, I don't right, usually, right. I can't drink whiskey. I used to feel like I had to pr- impress boys by drinking whiskey straight. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I How would that just, like, out for th- just go to the bathroom and, like, vomit. Like, just brazenly. Oh, that's why we started talking about this, because you were talking about that, that shitty job that you had, and then you... Oh! That, and then you got fired, running and theme. you puked, and... Right. Yeah. Vomit. My yeah. Own, my what own do vomit. you like to drink? What doesn't make you vomit? Um, why, I'm your classic fucking basic bitch, I guess. I like white girls. <laughs> I like white girls. I like, uh... White Russians. White wine. Oh, white wine. Right. Um... I like most things with vodka, most things with gin. Mm-hmm. Amber, am, the amber stuff, I can't do so much. I think yeah. I just, like, because I had that moment of being, like, I have to drink so much of this to make him think that I'm really chill. And then just, like, <laughs> die, pretty much. Well, that may be the most uh, tense utterance of the word chill I've ever experienced. Well, that's pretty much, like, what I did for, like, three years. It was just, like, <laughs> I'm so chill. Look how chill I am. I'm so chill. <laughs> Um, okay, so you, you got, you got drunk and you puked in a tree. I did. And then you ended up at Cosmo. Yes. Okay. So the, the in between, the, the thing that connects those is that I freelanced for a while. Okay. Um, I, at a bunch of places, I don't know, like BuzzFeed and like Glamour mm-hmm. and, um, I, I permalanced at Jezebel. Whatever permalance. I have actually never heard that. Oh, that's like the thing they say when they're like, you're you're doing a certain amount of posts a day, and but you're we like, don't have to give you any we... health insurance. Or you said it, not me. Uh, yeah, I'm say I am <laughs> saying it. I am saying. Well, now I'm realizing that it's a word for something that I have done for some people. So yeah, yeah that's like what they, I think other people say. Like on contract, I'm on contract with them. Mm-hmm. I've heard that too. But permalance is just such a delightful <laughs> portmanteau. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, it yeah. is. Um, and that is the accurate use of that word. Yeah. Yes, portmanteau. Even fucked up on maple whiskey. <laughs> are you, are no, you fucked up? I'm not, are you going to puke? And... I'm just going to throw up all over your lovely, Why are people into puke? Do people, do people tell you all the time that your home is lovely? Yeah. 
Yeah. See, it's. But it's but I mean, reality. I doesn't. I never get tired of it though. I just like want you to come to my house and make it like this. Okay, I can probably do that. Are it we... looks. It looks. I don't have that in me. I don't have that like bone in me of like. <laughs> making something lovely when I come when I come home. It's just sort of like functional. But you know what you need functional. is a bunch of kill bill posters everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's obviously original what I need. original. Yes. So yeah, okay, so Cosmo. Yeah. So you were permalancing. Yes. Okay. Um for Jezebel. And then I also writ I wrote it like I don't know, I did like one offs at a bunch of places like the toast. Do you know what the toast is? I do yeah. Do you yeah. love the toast? I do love the toast. I, I was just toast. reading um uh Ayn Rand uh, rewrites Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. That is Mallory Mallory Mallory, Mallory is like She's the, she's the something best. Else. Yeah. <laughs> she somebody give that She scares woman, the shit out of me. Yeah, she needs a grant or something. She's, yeah, she's, she's a like genius. Doing the if Lord's you, work. I like, hope actually. you're listening. Yeah, Mallory. What is her last name? Ortberg. Ortberg. Um. Yeah. Bless her. I should have her on this podcast. I've had like two email conversations, or th- maybe three, with her, and it's just like, do you? Can you feel that I'm fangirling, or like, am I just like, am I hiding it appropriately? Is like, she seems the... benevolent. She's very. She you know. She's just very like. It's like, she's wonderful. Yeah. Cool. Really amazing person, it seems like. Yeah, so, uh, and you, and I saw you had written a funny list on McSweeney's. Yes. Yeah. I wrote three, two or three things for McSweeney's. The one I saw was, uh, something about the intersection of places you've cried and places that Ludacris claims to have had sex in the song. What's my fantasy? What's your fantasy? What's your fantasy? What's your fantasy? Yes, I do know. I, yeah. I'm familiar with that um, song. There were three. There, there were three. three but right. uh, yeah, that was my that was the one that I liked the most. Um, so then, basically, uh, an editor Cosmo, who I still work with, actually got in touch with me and was like, you know, do you want to do a certain number of posts for the website a day? And we, you know, it was another permalance, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> delightful permalance situation. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, you know, and then I wrote for them for a while, consistently, while I was writing for Jezebel, which was an interesting intersection. Yeah. Um, and then the Cosmo website came under new management, and then they wanted to hire me full-time, and then they did. And cool. then, after a year there, I went to the print magazine. Sweet. And that's where you're And that's where I am it. now. Cool. That's where I am today. You're glossy. <laughs> <laughs> I am glossy. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that's your origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I brought you here today, um, to, uh, talk about why are people into porn? Actually, that was your suggestion. So you've come here today <laughs> to tell me why are people into porn? So, uh, tell me why do people like looking at images of other people having sex? There are so many reasons. I I think I'm trying to say this in a way that doesn't sound. It's like it's like first of all you can indulge in fantasies that you wouldn't necessarily. It's like there are there's totally a realm of possibility that you will love watching something and get off on it and not want to do it in real life. Like ludicrous, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> Do you think he really had sex in all of those places that he lists? I don't... I, I'm i pretty sure he never had sex in a library. 
Do you think he's had sex on stage at a Ludacris concert? You, we never know. We'll never know now. I feel like you would notice if Ludacris at his <laughs> own concert was... Ha- anyway, no. Okay, so, but fantasy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, like, What's you your know- fantasy? <laughs> What's <laughs> the fantasy? I don't know, like, you could be into, like, watching two women if you're not normally into it. Or you could be into, like, watching a threesome and you wouldn't normally with the particular partner you're with. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. maybe there's some kind of, like, relationship dynamic where that wouldn't actually be something you'd want to do. Mm-hmm. Or... You know, I mean, there's any number of things. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's like a creates a safe space for you to like, you know, watch it and get off and like, but it, but you don't have to like, put yourself in any kind of situation that you might not not want to be in or like, or you're doing it for your partner or something like that. Right. So like, uh, there's something alluring about an act or a situation or a scenario um, that is appealing to you, but you don't actually necessarily know if you want to do it right. and for maybe whatever reason. Maybe like, you'll try it somewhere down the line sure. if you like, watch, consistently like, watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, you um, might get some tips. Right? Yeah. You know, people are always on uh, uh, about, even folks who are in general, like, uh, in favor of porn, mm. will talk about how, well, well, porn is not like how it is in, in real life, which if, in so there's definitely a thread and an argument to be made that, you know, porn stars are sexual athletes and porn is fantasy and porn is a constructed story in the same way that a film is not like something that would happen between two people in real life. Um, but, but also, you know, I mean, porn can be a place that you can learn about sex in a positive way. I think we can Mm. kind of break that down a little bit, but, um, but yeah, so so you you were talking about fantasy. Oh no, I mean, well, I think I don't know when porn. I think when a lot of people hear the word porn, they think of like a blonde, fake boob, like very high, like high production level, like you know, like very, like oh, here's the pizza guy, like let me, like you know, a very right. like very heteronormative, like constructed, like there are like twenty people in the room, type. Like, like Boogie Nights, but like, you know, updated. Sure, sure. Um, Like Boogie Nights when it was in the 70s, not when it was like in the 80s and it started to be like about videotapes and it got depressing. Oh my God. Um, And and making and doing cheesy rap songs. Yeah. Yeah. You got the touch. Oh my God. You got the power. I know it all, by the way. God, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It's really good. It's better than you remember, even. Yeah. I watched ne- it recently. Man, Nina fucking Hartley's in that movie. I know. She's so good. And Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, R.I.P. I know. Oh, I love him. God. That's That might actually be the first movie that I really loved him in. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a good one for him. Yeah. Where they, remember he gets the car? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then he, like, grabs Scott Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg and, like, takes him out to the car. And then yeah. he's like, do you think it's cool? Don't you think it's cool? And he's like... And then he tries to kiss him, remember? I do remember that. Yeah. What is his character's name? Scotty. Don? Scotty! <laughs> oh, Scotty. It's, it's, he's, yeah, he was really good. Anyway. Uh, Great movie. Back to the main. But I don't but know. But people think of it as Boogie Nights and. People yeah. think of it as like a very like, you know, overproduced, mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. the girl is like probably like being exploited. And she's right. Like, ridiculous and like doesn't know what she even getting into or wants to be Jenna James or like you know yeah, it's whatever yeah, yeah you know for some reason the women the women in in this situation are always 
looked down on or considered a victim or, like, considered, like, she didn't know what she was doing. Why do you think that is? It's a basic sexism. I think yeah. I think people, I think it's easier for a lot of people to make that the narrative. Mm-hmm. For some reason. It's I a very tidy narrative. Right. It's if a you very, feel, you know, it's like... If you were, like, confused about your feelings when, right. about porn, you're like, oh, well, here's a tidy narrative that I can just... Right, right. Put but on. I also think it's a, it's a complicated, it's a very complicated thing because I, I interviewed Bell Knox one time mm. and that's a good example of something that, for me, is hard to, it's like, I totally am, like, I totally think that someone... Myself included, I totally could get into porn for, like, Mm -hmm. all the right reasons. Like, Mm -hmm. there's not... It's not like you would get, like, tricked. It's, like, not like women are following, like, carrots. Oh, you could get into it, like, uh, like performing in it. You could get into it, like, you want to do it. Like, you totally have full agency. Mm -hmm. But then I feel like she has become... She's a... She's so young. Yeah. And she has become the face of... She represents like agency in por- like for women in porn now, right? And you don't really know. Like I know, I know her ghostwriter, this woman who writes. That's funny. Who's writing her book for her? And it's like this, you know, like not old, but like older, much older woman. And her PR person is like this older woman. It feels like everybody in her life has an agenda. Yeah. Like, I totally think. So she- did she write those original pieces on XOJ? As far as I know, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And but, uh, but when she spoke to me, it's like it's. It just feels, it feels like she has, is sort of in over her head with the, with the, like, ideology behind it. Yeah. Of, like, she could totally, don't get me wrong, she could, she, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that she, like, didn't, she was not, like, suckered into anything. I don't think she, like, was lured. Mm-hmm. I think she wanted to do it. Yeah. And did it because she wanted to do it, and she wanted to make money, and she liked sex, and, like, all those positive thing. Isn't it so funny? It's really just as simple as that. It, it, when it comes to the ethic, the ethical question of, you know, should young women be making porn or not? Right, right. See, she didn't want to, like, get harassed. No. She didn't want to, like, be known, be outed right. by, like, a male classmate. Exactly. Those things she didn't want. So the fact, I think that's the thing that's throwing me. The fact that she's, like, owning it now and being... I think by, from outside forces, the face of, like, empowerment or if the face of, like, right. I am fine with this, I feel like she's not fine with it. I think she was fine with the porn. Yeah. I think she's, like, she's, like, that's what she, she was, first of all, good at it. And then, second of all, just, like, yeah. I get the sense that she really liked doing it from talking to her. Yeah. But the, the harassment stuff, it's, like, it's okay to be an 18-year-old sometimes. Like, it's okay to be like... Yes. You know what I mean? It's okay to be like, yeah, I like the porn, but I, like, didn't like what happened. That's not saying anything negative about anything. It's just, like, being honest. Well, but, but you know, the, what you're saying is is really sophisticated because the... What Bell Knox, the Duke porn star, um, uh, really exemplifies is the fact that you... It's it's never as simple as it was a job. I mean, it actually is that simple, but when people talk about it... Right. Again, people need to put these tidy narratives onto it. People need to read into things. Right, um, right. And, um, I mean, like you were saying, it has to do with 
sexism and um and i think it also has to do with condescension and and ageism particularly with women that yeah that young people wouldn't don't know what they're getting themselves into right and, right and that they wouldn't um and that somehow they're tainted right well i think as usual choice. people are focusing on the wrong thing like with yeah. the iCloud pictures like people were focusing oh, yeah. on the fact that the pictures were taken and not the fact that their privacy was totally violated. That's it's actually a really thing. good, that's a very it's good like, comparison. Uh, the, the recent, the Jennifer Lawrence and other, uh, uh, actresses whose private photos were hacked. There's so much happening where people are talking about how they shouldn't have done it in the first place. It is exactly the same as what people were saying about Mel Bell Knox, that she shouldn't have been making porn in the first place or that by taking naked pictures of themselves, either getting paid for it or doing it privately, right. that they were asking for it or that they deserved what was coming to them when really the people who were unethical, who were behaving unethically, the people who we should be talking about and writing fucking think pieces about right, are the, right, like, right. person who unconsensually outed Val Knox, the people who uh, unconsensually hacked and publicized those women's pictures right. because... Right, yeah. 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 I mean, there's... It's, it's like... It's really interesting. It's funny. It's it's just... did I don't know if you caught... Ricky Gervais tweeted something that was like a... You know a really simple solution to like not having your naked photos hacked? Don't take naked photos. That's very And then that's very everyone was like, I mean it's I'd like to say I'm I have a very low standard for people for yeah. the, for like white male sure. You know, like wealthy. It's 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 you know whatever, but it's you like to think there's a part of me that would like to think that like people would understand like the base the most basic level of like everyone it's like, I don't know. We did a survey once that was like, a, Cosmo, I mean, did yeah. a survey once that was like, a, you know, do you think that women should be taking naked pictures on the phone? And mm. then like, most of them said no. And then you, it was like, how many of you have naked pictures on your phone? It was like nine out of 10. Okay. So this <laughs> is a really interesting arm of this because the difference between um, somebody taking a naked picture of themselves on their phone and um, Bell Knox or anybody else performing in porn is when you perform in porn, um, there's a commercial element to it, mm -hmm. um, right? And there's an understanding that those images will be made public, that you are being paid for a service, for a performance, um, for uh, labor, yeah. and, and for entertainment labor, and that um, it, part of the contract that you sign is that you will do the work and you will uh, recognize that as a model that your images will be used in um, such and such reasonable ways to sell a product. Right. Um, when you take naked pictures with your phone, you sign no such contract. You right, assume right. that those pictures will not be, um, you know, uh, available for sale on a, a hardcore porn site or right. available on some free, you know, horrible site where people post pictures of their ex-girlfriends or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, um, but the, but there is something almost philosophically like comparable in these two things, oh, which yeah. is the idea right. that they've been treated similarly. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's just like the response is like, well, you shouldn't have done it in the first place. You know? Yeah. I mean, I can't even wrap my head around someone who would honestly believe that there would be something wrong 
with exploring your natural curiosity for taking pictures of yourself, taking pictures of people in your life, sharing a picture of yourself with someone you trust. Right, right. Unfortunately... What they say is like, you know, well, they're celebrities. They're asking for it, you know, by being famous. But it's really not. It's like that's... It's about being a woman. It's not really about being famous in this situation. Yeah, of course. there There was one dick in it. And it was like... Kate Upton's boyfriend and it who isn't famous. So yeah. like there's it's like where are the dicks? I want to see the dicks if that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, clearly the what is it, 4chan? The Right. People... It's like all disgruntled nerds. Yeah. yeah. Nerd boys. Yeah, who feel entitled to those images. And, right. Yeah. Right, there were right. probably a lot of dicks that they could have shown right. us. God damn it. <laughs> but they chose not to. Who is, whose dick would you want to see? The most. Oh, that's a great... Of all the dicks in Hollywood. That's a great question. <laughs> Fuck. Um, oh my god. I mean... I know, it's hard. I mean, okay, uh, I... It's sort of more complicated than just who do I want to marry the most. Oh no, it's, uh, it, would, it could I, have nothing to do with marriage. Yeah, well I'm trying to... Okay, so I mean... <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking of, you know, my like... Um, future husbands in, in Hollywood. I right. mean, like, Javier Bardem. I was gonna say Javier Bardem! Yes! High five! Yes! Uh, Clive Owen. That's funny. I was totally gonna say Javier Bardem. Yeah, I mean, these are these are people who I would like to, whose dicks I would like to sit on, but do I necessarily, right, like, right, want right. to see I kind the of picture? want to see Javier Bardem's dick. Yeah. It's like, I wouldn't, you know whose dick I wouldn't want to see? Ryan Gosling. I don't care. I, I can't care. Yeah, it probably... I feel like Ryan Gosling's dick is probably long. It feels skinny. And thin. Yes, yeah. correct. And and hairless. <laughs> which is fine. But I, I, I feel like... Like, I feel like Ryan Gosling probably has, like, a J- like James Dean, the, the porn star's right, dick. I, I, right, like, I'm imagining that, right. which is great. But also, I see James Dean's dick all the time. I don't... I, I don't there's need... something about... I feel like I'm most attracted to the men who just scare me. Like... They need to, like, like scare, like, it's like, are you going to fuck me in this elevator? Like, scare me. Uh, that's great. So they're like, <laughs> I'm right, like, let's fuck in this elevator. You're going to, like, you're going to, like, have some throwdown. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That's hot. Like, and they're, it's funny because it's not, I know a lot of girls who are, like, into really, you know, like, Zac Efron or, like, you I know. I mean, I have very, like, chicken hawk feelings about Zac <laughs> Efron. Zac Efron was actually, you know, he was on the cover of Rolling Stone, uh, several years ago, and I was at a, a friend's parents' house, and they had this Rolling Stone, and he's, like, on the cover of it, and he's, like, topless, and wearing jeans, and he's, like, on the beach, and I was like, it's finally happened. I am, I really, I, like, the fact that he was so young was part of what was so, yeah. um, uh, sexual to me about him. He just looked like, I just wanted to, like, destroy him. I get that. I, yeah. I do get that. I just... I bet he doesn't have a very big dick, though. Uh, you know what, though? I bet he's, like, again, totally hairless, and that makes it little look a little bigger. Sure. Maybe curved. <laughs> maybe a little curved. We'll never know. Yeah. But Nobody's gonna leak Javier Bardem, though, he's probably got a lot of hair. Like, that thick oh, black yeah. hair. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, you know, it's like, I don't know. That's just I bet like a... he, I, I don't even know if Javier Bardem has like an exceptionally big dick, but you know he stays hard for days. <laughs> you know, he stays rock hard. Oh, see, I was going to say that like, 
you know, it, it took me years to appreciate this fully. Yeah. That it's like when you get to a certain age and like a certain age by which I mean, like I'm 27 now. I've like the last couple of guys I've dated have been like maybe 31 or 32. Yeah. It's like work. Not like work, like, you know, yeah. but it's like a whole thing. It's like you have to go down on them for a while and then it's Oh, like... it's, a, it's work to get them up. Yeah. Yeah. Not like work work, but like, you know, you definitely have to put some effort in. It's not yeah. like when and they're then... teenagers and you can like Boing! flick their nose and then they're like hard immediately. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and then it's like they can only do it once a night or twice a night. And then it's like, you know, it's like a different, it's like getting older is real. Yeah. I know that because my back hurts sometimes. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's from all that effort it's from probably getting all from those guys all hard. The, like foreplay blowing that appears to be just foreplay now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, Javier Bardem. I feel like that's one of those guys. I'm glad that, like, that we're like on the same page about that. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. This would be awkward if we had like really different taste in cock. It right. Be fine, right. Actually. Right. Well, you'd be like. I like the flesh of a baby. And I would be like, I like old men. <laughs> oh, John weird. Malkovich. Oh, never. No. Oh, no. Okay. Never. I feel like there are that old... Jeff Goldblum. Interesting. Oh, no, wait. Yes. No, Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. There's just of something. Course. It's like there's something... There's something. Oh, well, you know, those, like, scenes of him, like, reclining in Jurassic Park. You know right. what I'm talking about. Right. Where he's, like... <laughs> where he's, like, reclining... <laughs> Oh no, I hurt my leg. You know, but really, he's like wearing well, black jeans. There's and... also a there's a thing. There's a clip of him on on Conan. This is gonna like really make me sound like a freak. But he's like, he's talking about like peaches, peaches, or it's like the fruit, or peaches the musical performer. Peaches the fruit. Okay, yeah. but he's like, you know, I like the peach pie. I like the and like everything he says is just somehow like sexual, and I like mean, everyone he's is laughing. About peaches, girl. No. Yeah. I no, don't... no, I mean, like, he's, I mean, have you seen the LL Cool J video for, um, doing it? No. Uh, he's, uh, he's, like, watching a peep show, um, and he's eating a peach, and that, you, you're, like, I remember being a teenager and, and, um, watching that video and being like, I would like to be that peach <laughs> in LL Cool J's hand slash mouth. <laughs> That's really peaches. I guess that's. I, I think mean, that's well, what Jeff Goldblum is probably talking about. Right. Just to be it was fair. like definitely not peaches. The performer. He was just saying like, you know, I like the simplicity and fuzziness of the peach pie. Like it was just like very like, oh, you're talking about a vagina, but you were, were on television. Double entendre and style. And it was just like, yeah. Oh, that's great, Jeff Goldblum. He also plays jazz piano, doesn't he? Yes. Yes, that's also. And he's on Law and Order. That's right. So my mom likes him too. Right. So is Vincent D'Onofrio. I also, I, I like, I like puffy men. Oh, cool. There's like an element of, Javier Bardem is a good example. Yeah, also. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's a little Most thick. people are like. Oh, I read your, your article about, about husky men. Yeah, huffy, husky or puffy or like larger, like. But, so do you like bears? Inflated in some Do you way? like bears? Not with the facial, not the facial hair. Not the hair, the, oh, the all over hair. All over hair is fine. Yeah. The facial not... hair, it's just like my father has facial hair. So it's like. Sure, sure. I can't, I can't get on board with that so much. Sometimes. If it's like a stubble, I can deal with. Yeah, but it not. So do you like like, a... like bellies? Yeah. 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 But you like. I want. I once. Only one time for for the record. But I I dated. Not that I would even mind if I like was into it like, as a fetish, but like I dated a guy who like everyone else thought was fat. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. And I didn't, it was just like, I didn't care or I liked it. I, yeah. It was like on the border of not caring and liking it. Yeah. Where like, I was attracted to him. So that's really all that mattered. Yeah. Who fucking cares? But like other people would be like, he's fat, but it was like, I don't, I didn't care. Yeah. I Did he know. care? No. Yeah. Well, there Very you go. Confident. Yeah. Um, but no, that's, I definitely lean towards heavier. Like, I don't like this, the like, you know, rock, rocker, like, frail. Uh-huh. Heroin chic. Yeah, I'm yeah. not, I can't. Yeah, me, me neither. It's just not, it's, you don't have the Javier Bardem, like, I'm gonna throw you against a wall, like, type. Yeah, so, you know, you, yeah, no, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, that is, um, I mean, Javier Bardem plays some creepy people sometimes. <laughs> It's almost too much that he's that he is with Penelope Cruz. I know it's like almost like too on the nose. It's like why aren't you with somebody a little more unexpected? What do What do you think about David Duchovny? He's a little he's a little thick. David Duchovny, let me tell you a story about David Duchovny. Hit me. My no, my uh, <laughs> unless the story. You know what? I don't really want to hear it unless it involves like him coming over right now, like with more, <laughs> with more white all, wine. Okay, first for of us all, to have a threesome. We'll right. film it. We'll put it online. <laughs> It'll make everybody's careers. First of all, I love David Duchovny, and I would Great. totally fuck David Duchovny I in bet, a second. Yeah, we should. What kind of what? What do you think his dick looks like? I think he's got a big dick. Don't I feel you? like it's like short and stout. Mmm, like Coke can. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it feel... Also, it's like, it's seen so much, you know? Uh-huh. So it's like, I don't know. I bet he can, I bet he can eat pussy like he's... This is my story! Oh, this shit! Is my, this is my story. So oh, my story, shit. it's not me, before you get too excited, because I I would have told you that two minutes after that, I walked in the yeah, door. Yeah, you would have. That's actually what, usually, Hi, when I meet Anna someone... Hi, I fucked uh, David Duchovny yeah. once. He went down on me. That's actually time. when people show up. I'm like, look, so, uh, have you or have you not fucked David Duchovny? Because, like, I just need to know. I'm lo- really looking for someone on my podcast who's fucked David Duchovny, and if you haven't, you know, it's like a very selective pool. Yeah. Um, that would be great if my, all my guests... <laughs> no, tell me the story. Okay, so... A broker that I worked with when I was looking for my apartment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was working at Equinox. Oh man! Um, as like a clerk, you know, like a desk. The gym, right? Desk the girl. fancy, yes, the fancy gym. gym in like one of the fanciest areas. Right. I forget where. I'm not right. holding out on you. I promise. But, I believe you. So then she was just like working there, or whatever, and it was in in his life. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Like phase right before he divorced Taylor Leone. So Thank it was like he was full on one of the sex only addict. times I was ever truly devastated as a teenager was when he married yeah, Taylor Leone. Right? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that feels right. Yeah. Um but so, so then, right and then he and then he came so out as a sex addict and I was like I knew we were destined to be together. It was so compatible. That's so funny for me it was when he was on Sex and the City. When was David Duchovny on Sex and the City? Like season 5 or 6? What did, who, did, who did he play? He was, like, her high school boyfriend. Who, uh, uh, Carrie's high school boyfriend? Yes, okay. Carrie's high school boyfriend, and then they, he, like, came to New York, and they dated, and then he was, like, by the way, I, like, had a mental breakdown, and I'm, like, in an asylum. Which they don't, they wouldn't even say asylum 
It's yeah. like clearly the writing staff didn't had never been in a mental institution because they like used the language of like someone who has not been there. Right. Or was sure. Like, I was in the hospital. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't say like asylum. Right. It's right. It's not like right. fucking like quills. Yeah. Or American Horror Story. Right. 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 But um, I was uh, locked in a <laughs> in a pit with the right, Marquis de right, Sade, right. and we were writing poetry. We were on the shit. verge of madness. <laughs> Um, but, so, yeah, no, he, he was in an, in, in quote-unquote, air quotes, for the radio, <laughs> asylum. Asylum. Um, and then, you know, they, like, went out a couple times, and then he broke up with her, because he was like, I need to, like, get my mental and emotional shit in order. Which uh, is totally legitimate. It is really legit, but I'm sure she made it all about her. Oh, of course she did. <laughs> of course she did. My God, of course. Uh, she was just like, I can't believe you broke up with me. <laughs> and then just like puns, 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 but like whatever point, but, but not even the good point puns. of this story that I Equinox. Yes. So my broker was working at Equinox yeah. a couple years ago as the like, you know, receptionist. Sure. And then he would like come and go and David Duchovny would come and go. Yes, correct. David Duchovny would working come and out. go working out. Pumping iron. And then one day he was like, I'm Dave, by the way, you know, like, hi, I'm Dave. Dave? Yeah. And then she was like, hi. She had no idea who he was. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Because uh, I would have been like, I know Fox. It's nice to see I Fox. I would have been like, dead? I would have <laughs> been like, there's no way I could have hidden. I have a really bad poker face. I would have put on a, I would have painted a mustache on myself and gone into the steam room and like waited um, with a boner and that you know and the the my I would have painted it on with I would have like rummaged right. through my bag and been right. like I have this eyeliner I'm gonna paint this mustache on myself and uh right. go in the steam room and wait for Dave I know for Dave and my then God. and then he's gonna love it because he's a sex addict he's right. gonna be like right. this this chick with an eyeliner on her like... upper lip would is cruising me in the steam room he would <laughs> she appreciates she really appreciates me is right. what he would know right. about me instantly because. <laughs> I just have had that feeling since I, I wonder was how you would 14. feel though. It's like imagine you fucked David Duchovny in this time period. And then like you found out he was a sex addict. Would you feel like a little less special? No. No. No, I no, I'm telling you when I found out he was a sex addict, I was like we have so much more in common than I even realized originally. <laughs> yeah, no. That's really good. I feel like I I would feel a little less special. I would feel like I, I'm one of those people who just, like, never assumes that anybody ever wants to have sex with me. Oh, well, that's... So it's, like, when they do, it's, like... I'd, like, Miss America about it. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, you like me. You really like you me. You really like me. Um, so, that's sad, but... So uh, that's the story? Is no, that he just the story, No, for God's sake. The story... Okay, so the story is, like, he's, like, I'm Dave, and she said, like, I'm her name. Right. And, uh... He was like, do you want to, like, go out for margaritas? <gasps> and then she was like, uh, like, yeah, sure. And then she didn't follow up on it. And then the next time he came to the gym, he was like, so, like, how about those margaritas? And she had just broken up with somebody and was like, whatever, okay. Um, did, did she go out with him? She went out with him. Fuck. So they got margaritas. By this point, she had she knew who he was because she had asked her friend about it. Because she right. was like, I really recognize this guy and I'm pretty sure he's an actor. But she's not one of those people who are like us, who, like, would know movie. She's not... Yeah. She's, like... She didn't spend her adolescence locked in a room watching The X-Files. Yes, right. Right. She's the opposite of whatever whatever we are. Okay. Um, (laughs) 
what what are we? People who spent our adolescence locked in our room watching the X Files, or in my case, Buffy. Oh yes, some same, of the X Files. Dilla- I was a dilettante with the X Files, but sure. Buffy full time. Yes. Um. Uh. So then, yeah. So they got margaritas, and yeah. then they went back to his place, which looked totally nondescript. But apparently, there was like some secret thing where what? it was like. You, you like, not like you literally, like in Sherlock Holmes, you like hit a button and then like whirls around, but like something close you're, to that. You're really giving new, breathing new life into my David Duchovny spank oh, bank here. wait for it. So, so they like go into like the secret celebrity apartment that he had hidden behind the normal apartment. Oh my God. It's like fucking, I can't believe I'm saying are you, this, but are it's you, like 50 shades of gray. I know. Are oh you like God. picturing it in your head? Because yeah. I picture like a little burbling like waterfall that's like very small. <laughs> and then like a lot of books that he probably doesn't read. I mean, or, like I, some of them. No, he, you know what though? He reads them, you know, he, got, he, 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 he got his, he got his master's in poetry. Oh my God. That just confirms to me that he did not, he doesn't read them. So, okay. okay so, point. so. Okay, so he's got a bunch of books and he's got a babbling brook in this secret yes. room that he accesses Correct. by pulling off like a little trivia book about the X Files, okay. like a little trade paperback. So they start they start hooking up. <gasps> he goes down on her for like an hour and a half. Yes, I knew it. You were right. I know that's why it made me even think of this story. Yes. So he went out on her for like an hour and a half. He had a crazy raging boner. Didn't do anything with it. They didn't fuck. And then he took out his iPhone and showed her pictures of his kids. <laughs> it's like the best and saddest and like hottest story in the world. Like, is that not all? Didn't that just give you all the all the feelings? I am. This is the best podcast <laughs> that I've ever done. <laughs> Wow. I know. And we're, see, like, we're not even, it's fine that we're not even talking that much about porn because we're making porn <laughs> for me forever. Yeah, but did, here's, here's my question. So say he's like in recovery now, ostensibly. Ostensibly. If he even, if sex addiction is even a thing, which is totally on it, m- message with our... I think it could be a thing because people get addicted. I'm addicted to, like, fucking devil dogs. Like, whatever. You know, I'm addicted to, like, you know, the hostess cakes. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't know what you mean, but I'm glad that you told me. Oh, okay, yeah. So, they're, like, yeah. really delicious. Like, they're, like, dry in, like, the best way. Oh, so you, you like dry cakes? I like dry. They're really dry. Okay, Like, that's appealingly. Cool. Hey, listen, you know, I'm not <laughs> yucking your yum, which in this case is a little bit more literal because we're talking um, about cake. But, like, okay, say David Duchovny is, like, very publicly, say that this is, like, hypothetically, the time that he had just split from Tay Leone and been, like... I am a sex addict. I have a problem. I am like, if you saw him like a week after that, yeah, or like a week and a half after that, and it was like very open, like I'm addicted to sex. I had I have sex all the time, like with anybody. Like no 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 no. You would still. I would, um, because it's David Duchovny. But also, uh, I I really just have to say that I I um. I really do think that, of course, yes, you're right. Some people are addicted to um, dry cakes and some people are <laughs> addicted to going down on girls for two hours. Um, but uh, 
I, uh, you know, I, I do think that there is also uh, a uh, hypocrisy in Hollywood where if somebody gets caught with their pants down or somebody gets caught in a compromising situation, um, they have to come out publicly and say that they are a sex addict in this way that sort of like absolves them of, uh, yeah. of the responsibility of the fact that they just, that they made a mistake. You know, they, they cheated on their wife and they got caught, you know, right, or they, right. they, uh, were patronizing a sex worker, which, you know, may or may not have been a, uh, healthy, mutually consensual situation between themselves and the sex worker. But right. if they get caught, uh, you know, especially if the sex worker is trans and thinking of right, certain right, celebrities right, in particular right. here, yeah. um, they have to say that they're a sex addict because they couldn't just be having an ordinary non-pathologized sexuality right. in which perhaps they made a mistake. They There has to be something wrong with them that can be treated so that we can right, right. all believe that there is a way to treat our mistakes so that right. we don't actually have to take responsibility for our own judgment right, or right, lack of right. judgment. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think, I think it's really... We'll never fully know because it's like there's a difference... I think there's a difference between... David Duchovny and someone like Hugh Grant or something. Exactly. Where, or like... Eddie Murphy. Right. Because David Duchovny, it just... It just feels like he's a... Di like, doesn't... Don't you think... Don't you, like, feel like that's right? Even though he never got, like, really caught, as far as I know, got right. caught doing anything? Right. Like, if he, they'd gotten caught and then been like, I'm sorry, I have a problem, that'd be different, which has happened, right. obviously. Yeah. But there, there's something to... It's like, that just felt so right for him, whereas, like, Hugh Grant, obviously, that's... That was just... It was a different... First of all, it was a different time. Mm -hmm. Second mm -hmm. of all, it just was very obvious that that was, like, a... Not a... It wasn't, like, a pathological... Yeah. It was like a, Who I wanted knows? to, right. It was like not. Who fucking knows? I, I, I feel like it's, I don't know. It feels, it feels to me like it's very different. I was, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, the, the, or I mean to say I was thinking about it is, is a lie. I'm like sort of trying to write something about it a little bit, mm. but like probably in a fiction capacity or something. Oh, cool. Like the Monica Lewinsky thing. Oh man. Well, that's, you know, been in the news a little bit more lately with, she wrote an editorial in Vanity Fair, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And then people had a very, people are very, people have a really extreme reaction to her. And like, you know, even just with the Vanity Fair thing, she was, yeah. you know, they were like, shut up. Why are you even talking? You clearly want to be famous. And it was like. She actually clearly doesn't because right. she really could have made a lot of money over the years. And I think that she sort of, um, I think that she sort of took the middle road and she neither gracefully stepped out of the, I mean, I don't even know if it would have been possible for her to, the problem, uh, I think, I think, but the, she, and she didn't just fucking go for it. Right. You know? Right. I've been doing a fair amount of research about this and yeah, this probably tell me won't more. even go in the podcast, but, um, she, so basically it's like, I think a lot of people who are, like, to be fair, who I, like, follow on Twitter, like, my peer group, yeah, are, like, we're the age that I was when this happened, where mm -hmm. it's, like, you only hear sort of, like, 
my parents were pretty liberal, so it was like, I can't believe Bill Clinton is being subjected to, like, this. Same. <laughs> you know what I mean? Same. And it's like, this should have nothing to do with his pre- presidency, which Same. it shouldn't. You know, they were totally right. But I, it's, uh, yeah, I agree. It was like, you know, she was 22 when it started. Oh, my God. And she, what ha- basically what happened is that she was 22, and she, they, she perceived that there was an attraction between them. Yeah. And then... She blurted out to him, I have a big crush on you. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, do you want to come into the back office? And that's how it started. Yeah. So then, like, every every time since then, it wasn't just, like, them. It was, like, there were converse. They were, like, hour-long conversations. He would call her home and talk about his day and talk about yeah. his family and his life. And, like, you know, of, you know that society never puts the blame on the man. Of course Of not. course, when the man is him, you know, it's, like, never going to be. But she was, like, she was... Not a child, but, like, think about you when you were 22. Oh, my God. Like, and Bill Clinton is, like, making the eyes at you. It's like, there would I would be done. Yeah. So done. then, you know, so then, so then she is having a hard time, like, you know, considering the man, the married man she's having an affair with happens to be the president. Right. Which doesn't really even matter to her. I think she had really low self-esteem and just sort of, she had had an affair with a married man before. Yeah. And, and... She just fell into this pattern. It seemed like she, like, left her home to escape from this pattern. She fell into it again, but worse. So then she was, like, having a complete breakdown and didn't know who to tell because she didn't know who was, who she could say anything to without, like, getting in trouble. Of course. So then fucking Linda Tripp, who's a secretary there, was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, tell me what's wrong. What's wrong? So then she just spills because she's, like, 23 at this point. Which, and like, which all of this is also totally comparable to the conversation that we were having earlier about Bell Knox, where Bell Knox felt that she could confide in her friend and then just like Linda Tripp. Right. Linda, it's like, that's the one person in this that I don't understand what she got, what she would get out of this. Right. So it's like, she's... Moral superiority. You know, right. Moral superiority. She... What she like framed it kind of in interviews afterwards, like she had been, she had done her a favor. She was stopping this abusive relationship, all this stuff. You know, like of course it's not, but then like she records her crying on the like sobbing and being like, "I should end it, I should end it." And she's like, "No, keep going, keep going." And she's like, "Keep the blue dress, keep the blue dress. You look fat in it. You look fat in it." Oh like, God! Really? Like people don't even know oh, the God. level. That she was manipulated at by both of them. Can you listen to those tapes? Yes. Where are they? Where are... I'll 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 tell you after where you where you can hear them. <laughs> but it's like there's this. So then, okay, this leads me to the point, which is like, so then she, so then basically Linda Tripp sold her out, of and course. you know they they gave the FBI the tapes, right. and I don't know how the FBI wasn't like you're a huge bitch, and this is basically a child, but like, point being, yeah, I mean I they think like they were probably like. Yes, and we will also right. Take so then tapes. they, so then they like took Monica into custody and were like, "You have to testify, you know, that you right, right." And they bullied her, and, and they bullied her, and she was the only one. She's the only loyal person in this whole story, right? Like, because she was like, "I have to." She was like, "I have to warn him." Yeah. <laughs> still, like the mentality still is like, even though he had done all this fucked up shit to her. Yeah. Like, it was what did still, he do? Like, there, what did he do to her that was fucked up besides, you know? Using her for sex. He was just, like, he played it all like he was on some moral... It was very, like, 
you know, I need to lead an honest life now. Oh, and then God. would call her that night and have phone sex with her. Right. You know, like it was very like break up, get back together, break up, get back together. And she, she was, he was just her whole life. And she was like a, like a tiny nothing part of this, like, which is happens all the time, but it's just something at that level. And with that level of manipulation where he just, he would always just like sort of say what she wanted to hear and then get her out the door. Yeah. And then like on the off, sometimes he would say like he would break up with her and then he would call her the next day. But we are in America. Mm -hmm. We were then and we are now obsessed with salacious stories like this, sensational stories, Mm -hmm. especially when we believe them to be true or we, uh, or, you know, we have some reason to believe that they're true Mm -hmm. and we obsess over them and we drag people over the coals and we fucking make people turn over their cum stained dresses and we make people, you know, talk about the details of their sex lives. Um, but, uh, And then we turn around and we say that porn, which is specifically produced for the purpose of titillating that, perhaps that same urge that drives us to drag these people through the mud, that that is somehow uh, essentially degrading to women, um, uh, morally morally reprehensible to produce, morally reprehensible to consume, uh, morally reprehensible to even be involved with someone who does consume it. You know, many people in the world really believe that about porn, or they say that they believe that, and then they furtively consume it and then then a lot of it is that i think a lot of it is like have you ever had a have you ever had a time in your life when you like publicly disavowed something but then like compulsively did it that's a great question i want to say no but i bet i'm full of shit um i feel like i have yeah i really feel like i have done that and i think it's just so easy to disconnect you know i think it's hard, you know, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's like very human. But then I think that the the guilt and the repression and the and the shame and the hypocrisy wears on people. Right. And it and it, and it makes them uh I feel like it's like look at the political like the republic or like the conservative senators or whatever who ended up like fucking boys, you know, like and they got caught. I mean, that is a that is that goes on a lot. Right. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even talking about, like, people who, you know, don't allow, uh, you know, uh, politicians whose platform are, you know, uh, policing uh, women's bodies and uh, policing queer people and, you know, uh, being racist assholes, et cetera, et cetera, who, mm-hmm. like, then turn around and patronize sex workers or turn around right, and, are, and are gay or, you know, t- right. turn around and, and have affairs, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about people who get all up in their high horse about all of the shit and yeah, then, and then yeah. go home and watch some fucking right. porn. See, I think that's, like, the smaller level, but it's, like, the it's the same, it's compartmentalization. It's, like, that's the, like, public level of it, but then there are, like, people all around us who do it all the time. It's, yeah. like, you know? Yeah, that is definitely true. It's, like... I don't know. I've never, you know, and I think everybody, or not everybody maybe, but I certainly, as a person who considers themselves a feminist, 
has heard those arguments. I've certainly been privy to the, the arguments and not even from, you know, silly people, like from some smart people. Yeah. And they just, I just don't, I don't, I can't remember a time when I agreed with them. Um, well, you're smart. (laughs) Well, and also I've watched, I watched, I watch porn and I've watched porn for like a pretty long time. Yeah. And it's not, it just doesn't, it's like, I don't know the the simple fact of like being a woman and being pretty, pretty sexually confident Mm. and watching porn and like, it just doesn't feel like it's, it's the same. I want to be allowed to do that without being like being criticized or like called out on for, I don't know, endorsing something that I don't necessarily want. You know, it's like, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, the truth of the matter is that when you watch porn, there's just this sense of wonder of people having sex, you know, it's like, oh, at some point those people had sex and it never, no matter how much sex I have watching people have sex there's like a magic to it and I also you know I mean I have been in the room with other people having sex probably more than the average person um and uh and so you know it's not even like a uh like a charge of voyeurism I mean I I I can I do enjoy voyeurism but I it's not even like whoa I can't even believe that I'm seeing other people besides me having sex it's just it's just like oh my god like and you know and it's not for me it's not even about like am I am I attracted to those people is it David Duchovny or not do I want to have sex with them there are there are some uh porn performers who I find like more appealing than others and I enjoyed watching their porn but a lot of the time it's um it's just either the long shot of them having sex or the real close up right, of like right. things going yeah. into holes and uh, you know or like kinky things happening and uh it's really just kind of a sense of wonder and i i really treasure that and it you know it it my friend Maggie Mayhem once uh said uh, that porn is a vibrator for your mind and I I really that completely changed really the way funny. that I thought about porn because it's true it's yeah. like you you can think about sex and you can use your right, imagination right, to right. conjure up an image and that's really great um but also sometimes you just want something that's going to like that you can plug into into the wall that's going to like get you there right yeah no totally and what what the fuck is wrong with that I don't know I think I I don't know I think I think there's a lot of assumptions about, like, you know, you're looking... Everyone who watches porn is looking for blonde... You know, like, I don't know, like a very hetero, like, boy You know what, though, if you, if you actually... Uh, there are plenty of, like, uh, women who work in porn who... Uh, who embody that and uh and, and they can also be very smart it's like oh no, yeah absolutely right. so it's no it's not yeah it's not like those like people we are bimbos it was like it's like absolutes of anything it's exactly like, exactly all, and there are so many different kinds of smart it's like why i don't i think i don't know i in my personal life i've always i've always just sort of gravitated towards people who looked like they were enjoying themselves mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like amateurs usually mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. And just people who looked like they were, like, having a really 
great sexual encounter. Like, yeah. there's not, it's like I've watched, like, you know, people on the heavier side mm-hmm. or, like, the older side. It's not, I, I don't look for one specific, like, you know, like, I want, I'm looking for, like, a brunette guy who's, like, really hung or, like, whatever. Yeah. But it, it wouldn't even matter if you were, but I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's not, it, I really don't, like you said, it's, I really, I think that's a really good thing to remember. It's not, it's just basically, like, using a vibrator, but it's, like, not... It's the just... biggest erogenous zone is between your ears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also... I don't, I think people, I don't know, I think people, why do I think people have a problem with it? I think. Well, because it's interesting, it's like we're having a conversation about why are people into porn, but there's really no way of talking about that without talking about the sort of shadow question to that, which is, what is wrong with people for liking porn? Well, certain people I know that I cannot bring up right now (laughs) think that it's teaching men to have a certain attitude towards women or, like, not do things with women Mm -hmm. that that women would want or women would need. Some women. Right. Um, This person thinks that it's sort of, like, all about you know the the person being the girl the women the women being degraded mm-hmm. or being like you know not satisfied and it's all about like a blow job or it's all about like but it's like you know it's like it's like we've been, we've been saying like that's some porn it's not that is true but you know what I, you know what I, I it makes me think of is i wonder if that person thinks that like andrea dworkin that like all sex is degrading to women right Um, you know because like what because then if if that person i'm guessing that that person would say no right so then the question is what about porn makes it different right is it the fact that the women are getting paid i think this person would say it's the fact she would assume that all of that the director and the right like everybody involved higher up right was male. I right. think she would assume that, and I think, which is often correct. And I think, yeah, no, that's and you know the funny thing is working in the field that I do. Yeah, you could see people like people show their cards without meaning to. Right about their own lives, where it's like right, like. You know, if you, you know, you pitch something about, like, you know, women who have multiple orgasms. And then the editor at the table is like, that doesn't, everybody's lying. Everybody's lying. Nobody has them. It's like, well, sounds like you. Well, that's, that's okay. But it's like, you know, stuff like, it's like. It's true. Anybody who assumes that women are lying. Everyone's lying. Like, it's just very. We have so much to gain from lying about the G-spot. And being empowered by enjoying sex. Right. We have it's so like, much to gain. I feel like nothing to a, lose. There was a pretty brief period of me lying to boys. Yeah. I remember that very yeah. clearly. Yeah. But then it was like, once that was over, it was like, oh my God, I'm never going to lie again. This is not <laughs> helping anybody. This yeah. is like, actually, I'm only lying to people who were bad for me. Mm. So like, <laughs> it's really not doing anyone any favors. And like, you've never maybe come boy who is mean to me so like what is even the point 
Yeah. You know? Well, you know, and, uh, and I really, I think that porn, uh, takes, uh, gets a really bad rap, uh, and is, is, you know, takes the, uh, response or doesn't take the responsibility. People try to like, uh, hoist the responsibility for all of the ills of a patriarchal society on porn where it's like, gee, I wonder if, uh, things besides porn are socializing men to think that women are just, uh, uh, you know, people to unconsensually uh, right, objectify right. So many things. and uh, <laughs> whose, whose pleasure doesn't matter, which by the way, these people who say these things do not watch porn because, right. because as you say, there is some porn that represents the, all of these horrible things and there's porn where people are exploited. Um, but, uh, there's also a lot of porn in which women are the sexual aggressors right. who, uh, who, like you were saying, um, you don't really care what you're watching as long as you're watching uh, people enjoying sex, I including actually, women. I, I actually go, I don't really, as soon as I see something that was like professionally shot, I sort of shy away. From yeah. Well, and that, that's just because it's like, it's just less, for me personally, it's yeah. just more appealing to watch like. Something that I guess ostensibly I could do. That's like, mm, mm-hmm. just like two people who are super into each other who just like set up a camera and this is like their bedroom. Yeah. And like, like, I don't know. My, my boyfriend actually likes a very, it's, my boyfriend likes a very different kind. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's one of those weird things where it's like, I'm not the girlfriend who's like, don't watch porn, but I'm like the girlfriend who watches a totally different kind of porn. So yeah. that we're just like watching our different kinds of porn, not That's together. Cute. That's cute. I know. But it's like, I don't know. He just isn't, he's just sort of like very big into like ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous stuff. And I just like sort of like, like a not super weird, not super like you know whatever. Like a couple different positions, like <laughs> two people who look like normal people mm-hmm. who are just like fucking in their bed, and then there's like a camera set up. Yeah, you know it's funny. I I do like high production value porn, um, but uh, you know a lot of the time in in those porns, the people who are performing are very talented at being. Uh, aware of the camera at, at being uh, aware of the fact that they're doing a performance and, uh, you know, a, a performance of a certain kind of endurance and, uh, and they're really good at sort of, uh, at performing a certain kind of, uh, enjoyment of sex that, right, that for me, right. like, I don't see as much when I watch, um, amateur porn. See, but I feel like I, I don't want to feel like anyone is playing to the camera in any way. Like, I'm very sensitive. Maybe it's because I went to film school. I don't know. (laughs) But, like, I don't... I... I like seeing those sort of, like, human moments of... Like, you're just, like, you you could see that they're enjoying themselves, but it's not, like, for the benefit of the camera. Well, you know, uh, that's interesting because if you think about... If you compare porn to documentary films... Or reality TV, mm. right? Like in a documentary, you want to see somebody having a, uh, you know, a, 
quote unquote authentic experience. But then sometimes you see like reality TV stars or even like celebrities or something who are trained and comfortable and right, used to right. ignoring a camera. Right. Then sometimes you get a, to me, there's something sometimes more like entertaining and engaging yeah. in those performances than a documentary where somebody is nervous and tense because there's a camera. Right. There. Right. You right, see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think it's, you know, people have all different, all different, like, you know, tastes for this. Yeah, there's no accounting for taste. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I just, I think it just depresses, I think the same way a lot of reality TV depresses me, I think something about, I don't know, it's like, ostensibly, this is like a super intimate, I don't know, I guess it's giving away more about my... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what I what I like then, you know. But uh I don't know. I think I just need to feel like someone's not necessarily thinking about the person watching. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's but thinking about their partner more yeah. or thinking about themselves. Like the being in the moment. Because I think I have a problem with being I have a hard time. But what we're talking about here is individual taste. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes people mistake their individual taste or even their emotional reaction to a porn as uh, indicative of something that is uh, essentially uh, wrong with the existence of porn. You like know? what? Oh, I mean, I think that sometimes uh, somebody will see a, a sexual image and something in it will make them uncomfortable um, and they'll think, well, because I'm uncomfortable... Oh. Uh, that must mean that this woman is uncomfortable. You know, right, they're like identifying right. with the woman and then they're like, well, uh, you know, so then either they experience this like attraction revulsion where then right. they like get off on it and then they feel guilty and then that guilt seeps into all other parts of their lives. Right. Um, or they like decide that they need to like take on some kind of crusade. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, because of what they perceive in it. But you know, nobody, right. Very few people actually ask the sex workers Right, themselves. right, of course, right. Because there's, there's some kind of... Assu- I think there always has been an assumption that they're, like, objects. Yes. That you know? Is, yeah. I think I think nobody... Including, like, you know, we live in New York. Like, very... They're, like, educated, like, whatever. You know, like, the, the, the people I talk to are, like... They are feminists and very aware of things. And, like, yeah. you know, it's, like... It, there's just some kind of disconnect between... Like, just because you're not into something, yeah. it's just sort of like they look at other people and they're like, you can't possibly be into that thing. Yeah. And it's like, actually, yes, like you can, you can, people are into all kinds of things and it's sort of like not, not your place to assume that nobody's into them, let alone start some crusade to be like, this is wrong. Because like, that's damaging a lot of people and it also damages people who like, are younger and think they might be into it. And then like, if yeah, someone exactly. they respect is telling them that they're, that this is wrong for women to do, or this is wrong for people or. Yeah, exactly. If that's like a really unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would really mess me up probably, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing that I could internalize. And then probably like it would ruin me for like my sexual life for like years, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, so, 
why are people into porn is not a subject like some of the other subjects of this podcast where I feel like we have to sort of explain how people would get into it if they're not into it already. Um, but, um, first of all, people should pay for their porn, especially if they want to feel that they are consuming porn where they have some sort of insight into the production and whether or not people are treated well and whether or not the performers want to be there, whatever mm -hmm. the style um, of the porno is. Mm -hmm. um, oh, Make Love Not Porn is really good for this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, what? that's a bunch that? of... that's It's it's amateur stuff on yes. Make Love Not Porn, Which right? Which is what I... That's what like. you like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's... I mean, uh, there are... A, a ton of resources that maybe I'll post on the uh, the website, but um, uh, yeah, people should pay for porn. I mean, if there are people who are listening to this podcast who don't watch porn because they have all of these like mixed feelings about it, but they feel like maybe they want to, um, yeah, I'll I'll post in a blog about good resources for places for people to start. Um, but um, uh, do you have any? closing words because we've been we we ended up talking about David Duchovny and Monica Lewinsky and Javier Bardem's dick for a long time so uh we didn't talk long enough about Javier Bardem's dick that is true maybe we just need to have wire people into Javier Bardem's for every inch cock. of Javier Bardem's dick we should talk for like two hours I agree <laughs> well we'll be here all night uh, <laughs> may have to um upload this and um, start again but uh is there anything on the subject that you feel like we haven't touched on that you uh that you really want to get off your chest no i just feel like there's there's nothing wrong with watching porn especially if it's like the same as music it's like pay for your fucking porn exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> Right on. Well, thanks for coming over and, um... <laughs> oh my god, anytime. Yeah, sweet. That was really good maple whiskey. Yes, well, we'll have to bring in some more from Canada. That's the only kind Do of Do you hear that, Canadians? Right? Bring us some maple whiskey and we can keep <laughs> lubricating the gears of this podcast-making machine. Um, well, thanks for coming over and wh uh, where can people find you on the internet? Um, my... I have a Tumblr... Yes. It's annabreslaw.tumblr.com. Fancy. <laughs> yeah. And and you you have a, a reasonably well-known Twitter. I'm 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 told, Oh, I yeah, right. Yeah. I have a Twitter people read for some reason. It's Twitter <laughs> @annabreslaw at @annabreslaw. Anna right, that's what people say. At at @annabreslaw. Sweet. Um, well, thanks for coming over and we'll have you over again soon. Please, anytime. Okay, right on. A lot of people ask me how to find porn that is both hot and certifiably feminist. Well, Smitten Kitten is one of the best places online to get hardcore DVDs and streaming videos. They've got the classics, they've got kink, they've got queer, they've got educational, and you know everything that they stock is curated to be the perfect vibrator for your mind. They are the exclusive sponsor of this podcast, and you can find them at smittenkittenonline.com. 
As you can imagine, I have kept several different profiles on Facebook over the years. If you haven't been following the debacle over drag queen pseudonyms and, and Facebook that has been going on, please read up on it. Personally, I was so disgusted when Mark Zuckerberg was quoted as saying that having multiple identities is a sign of a lack of integrity that I deactivated my profiles for now. So, you'll just have to visit wiredpeopleintothat.com for all streaming episodes of this podcast, and while you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter, which I promise I will not use to spam you. You'll get exclusive updates and musings from yours truly. You can also follow at Into That Podcast and at Tina Horns Ass. Thanks for tuning in to episode 16. Next time, I'll talk with writer Stephen Elliott about submission. Like, not that long ago, I was playing with somebody and, you know, it started out normal enough. And But I just got so deep into this, like, submissive space that, you know, I started asking her to poke me with needles. You know, you pierce me. You know, she had, like, four or five needles through my nipple, like, each nipple. And then she's squeezing my nipples, you know, yeah. with these needles in this, which sounds very, very painful. And it sounds painful because it is painful. <laughs> and, um, not something that I would be into normally you know I had to like be there you know what I mean I had to like get into that like space that's it for this episode if you need me I'll be in David Duchovny's secret sex cave What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.